Hi, Popcorn Junkies. Popcorn Welcome junkies. to a review of a very curious film. A very curious film. Uh, when I went to see this, Maddie texted me and said, oh, what are you going to see, Dad? And I said, believe it or not, I'm going to see a film about the first cow to land in America uh, and the story of two men who essentially tried to start a business by stealing milk from it. Did you know that much? Yeah. Oh, God, I did. Uh, and when I said that, she was like, Oh, let us know how it goes. Yeah. yeah. So this is First Cow, directed by Kelly Reichart. She did Meek's Cut Off. She makes very sort of... Specific. Specific films about the sort of American hinterland during the sort of time of the settlers. This is very much parked in the, as, as part of the origin story of America. And for me, the American dream. And the film starts an extraordinarily long shot of a barge passing across a river. Uh, and it starts in the modern day. And within probably about five or 10 minutes, we follow the actions or the, the, the trail of an archeologist who goes and is digging around. You don't know why, it's not explained. I thought that was the filmmaker. And she discovers a couple of skeletons. And then uh, the reason I'm saying that before we talk about anything else is that's the prologue, that's the setup. And then we go back in time. Yeah, um, almost in an embrace, weren't they? Yeah. They were two together, like two um, men lying in, in, in sort of almost well, we didn't marshland. Know yeah. Whether they were a husband and wife, we didn't know what no they were idea. at that stage. You've got no idea. It's a classic, simple narrative hook. Who are these people? Yeah, yeah. And then with a really nice parallel device of, a, of a, an old boat moving along the lake, uh, we cut to 1820. Um, so, what did you think you were going to see when you went to see this? I haven't read anything about this, right? Uh, except that I know she did Meek's Cut-Off and I know Meek's Cut-Off was about America. I mean, this is a very sort of simple story. We meet the cook, called Cookie, as he's yeah. called, uh, played by John McGarrow. And he's working, essentially, you know, I thought it was really nice about, it was almost documentarist. It's like, this is almost the, yeah. absolute, the absolute opposite end of the spectrum of The Revenant. Think yeah. of The Revenant and then think of settlers and then yeah. think of travel and frontierness and all that kind of stuff. I thought of The Revenant actually as yeah. I was watching it. It's the same period, isn't yeah, it? Gold yeah. Rush and all of that. And we've got this really quite unpleasant band of men, you know, with their sort of, what's the, what's the Mark Twain? What's the name of the book? The, you know, Huckleberry Finn. Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. a very Huckleberry Finn with their oh, sort it of is, it beaver is. hair yeah. and hats. I thought it was incredibly, and I suppose it's silly to say because of course it would be authentic, but incredibly authentic, the costumes. I mean, I mean, you know, oh, yeah. it took. It looked like it would take them hours to get dressed, except yeah. I suppose nobody took yes. their clothes off at night. And, um, um, and they were an unpleasant lot. I think it's important to say. Yeah, really, you old. know, men's men who like, if you didn't like what someone said, you punch wings, them, you spit at them, you wee yeah. on them, yeah. you just shout at them. Yeah. And Cookie, you get a real sense of fear for Cookie because he's a cook. And he's also a mild man. He's he? a mild man. He's a gentleman. He's a and lovely He's a man. gentleman. And uh, insofar as he's kind of having to feed this motley band, you realise quite quickly that, you know, the cook is clearly, it's quite a pressurised job. Yeah. they haven't eaten much. No. And he's it on the forage. With, he's on yeah, the forage. Yeah, on the forage. It starts with him collecting mushrooms. Yeah. And, um, and they're already moaning this lot because, you know, is this all we've got to eat? We, we want meat, meat, it yeah. seemed to be meat, they were saying. Yeah. It becomes clear as the yeah. film goes on. He's mild, mild, mild. And mild mannered in the extreme. Exactly. I mean, he barely says a word across the film. No, I loved that. Yeah. But suffice it to say, things don't go quite right with this band. He finds himself separated. And we find ourselves in an early settlement yeah. in Oregon, America. 
Yeah. And um, and when we talk early settlement, what I loved about this this setup of this settlement yeah. was the fact that you saw the really saw the kind of first steps of towns yeah. being built. Yes. You saw them nailing wood into the floor. And this yeah. is pre-Western. So yes. forget the saloon and all that malarkey. Yes. There was a really well observed authenticity, I thought, to the street, which is one street through mud, uh, the tents and the shambolic shacks that are being constructed, and the pub. The yes. bar, yeah. which was a remarkable place. Yeah, I thought that was wonderful. This n nice man meets up with another nice man. and um, A Chinese man. A Chinese man, except that doesn't really count. It doesn't well, it does, because he thinks he's an Indian, and then he says, oh, no, that's I'm right, Chinese. that's true, but he's very, very, almost he's more gentlemanly mm. than the first gentleman. They're both very gentlemanly. They are. But no, the reason I'm saying that is that he, when he says, says do you want to come back for coffee? Yeah. Not in a, not in a, just in a friendship way. And then the Chinese man takes him back to his... His little shack. Little shack, and it is a little shack. Yeah. This is literally the birth of a town. It could it be is. the birth, of, I don't know, it could be the birth of Portland. Who knows, Oregon, yeah. maybe, for, for all we know. Things are sold, trinkets are sold, people are trading. He's bought a new pair of shoes or boots with the money from his trek or wherever he's got those boots from. Did he buy them or did he knit them? I, can't I, can, I missed how he got the boots, but every, what you've got to understand is this is a period of time that when you walked through a town with new boots on. You were risking Kinky it. boots. I mean, it was like Jesus. I mean, everyone was looking at him. I thought he was going to be killed for his boots. Yeah, that is conveyed, conveyed that feeling and that uh, emotion. And he could not kill for his boots. Threat. So, so, in such small Bite-sized chunks. Bite-sized chunks, exactly. She doesn't yeah. belabour that. She doesn't no. belabour anything in this film. Yeah, and she doesn't particularly shoot it in a beautiful way. I mean, what she's done really well is you're not looking at remarkable scenics here. A lot of it's very dark, it's very functional. But what I think she did a, such a good job of is she observed the uh, era and the set so that wherever you pointed the camera, you were utterly immersed. And I think the idea that you were in this kind of slightly mm. tighter frame mm. also meant that you were really almost, because there was a sense of claustrophobia both in the interiors, mm. even mm. when they were on the street, there was a sense of oppression. And I think that was helped by the aspect ratio that she chose. Yeah. Um, of course, Ewan Bremner's in there, who we all know as the guy uh, from yes. um, Trainspotting. I was so pleased to see him. He never scene. gets things, does no, he? No, he doesn't. And so what you discover quite quickly is there's the landed boss, which is Toby Jones, who lives in this house. Uh, and he has his sort of militia who kind of make, basically make sure the running of the town's all right. They all go to the pub. There's all sorts of argy-bargy in the pub. Classic fight situation. And he gets handed the baby, doesn't he? And all that sort of stuff to look after. And so you've got it. It was really real. Yeah. It was really, really yeah. real. So I was really... You could smell it. You could smell the place. Yeah. But it, yes, you could. Exactly. That's how, how immersive it was. it was. But even the boss, the Toby Jones character... He is the big I am in that area. Oh, yeah. His big I am doesn't amount to much, let's face it. No. It's a bit slightly bigger house than everybody else. Yeah. And, key point here, the first cow. So the first cow comes in from England or something. Or and I loved that shot as well because it was a repeat yeah, of the yeah, beginning yeah. one with the comes cow. Comes in on a, yeah, on a raft, doesn't it? Just across the river. It's really magical. And the cow almost reflects the main character because she doesn't say anything. She doesn't say anything. She's as calm and as quiet as, 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 as him, as Cookie. Yeah, as Cookie. Um, and then what really happens, and this isn't a spoiler, is they... <laughs> it's unbelievable, but go on. Yeah, effectively, they're struggling to make money, and then they effectively hit upon, or the cook hits upon this idea that if they could get some milk, he could make this really nice, essentially a donut, wasn't it? Yeah, Sort yeah. of sticky, lovely cake. And he knows, he knew that by just the addition yeah. of milk, it would make it a huge difference. It was going to transform the taste. 
And what they do, and this is why I think Nadia would like this film. I think anybody It's would a film like that it. pivots around food and having a sweet tooth and yeah. having a sort of taste for, for yeah. confection, you know. Um, they make these beautiful cakes and it, they, they suddenly become all the talk of the town, yeah. all the rage of the town, but right down to the point that it elicits the interest and intrigue and uh, palette uh, of Toby Jones and the superiors. Yeah, it? I don't know what you felt at that scene, but what you see, she does it so economically. What you see is a queue building, a queue yes. building day by day. Now, I thought that was big jeopardy. I thought mm. somebody is going to you know, push their way in. I mean, oh, if yeah. they're looking at boots like that, they're going to take yeah, yeah, yeah. his things. But of course, because they couldn't, nobody could understand how it made it. It was no. like magic. Yeah. And a Secret bit, recipe. A bit later, he adds honey. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it looked delicious I mean, I wanted me. one. Yeah, I wanted exactly. one. I wanted to muscle people out of the and way. And then eventually, one. yes, somebody says, oh, the boss wants to do it. So everybody yeah. goes like this and he comes along yeah. the boss. And I have to say, Toby Jones, who is always a pleasure for me, it was on his best. And I thought he was perfectly cast Absolutely and he pitched it perfectly. Perfect. And so you're right, what happens in that this film is a slowly building sense of menace with absolutely no real effort from the filmmaker other than yes. presenting a slightly repetitious process of them milking, yes. making, yes. milking, making. And each time they milk and make, and there were these great scenes of him milking the cow, it's very that's quiet. That's very well put, because that's yeah. the rhythm of the it's film It's the rhythm as well. of the film, milking, making. And you just begin to think, hang on a minute, this can't carry on unnoticed. No, mm. exactly. And, and the two things that happen while he's, Cookie is the one who milks the cow. Yeah. Lou is the Lou, one who yeah. goes up a tree to keep watch. Yes. And I kept thinking things like, the one up the tree is going to fall asleep yeah. and it's going to be a disaster. Now what's so funny, and it is funny about Cookie milking the cow, mm. is that it develops Sounds weird. A relationship yeah, with this cow. A bond. I mean, he talks to her as if she's his, his, he's her best friend. Yeah. And he says, thank you. He always says, thank you. He always greets her. Mm. She looks round and she's calm. And the thing about cows is they need to be milked, otherwise yes. they're uncomfortable. Absolutely. And, uh, and we don't know at this stage. We start to think, if she's the boss's cow and she's giving all this milk every night, you must have started to think this, she can't have much milk for him. Yeah, what are they putting in their, in their tea? Exactly. Well, yeah. I, what I loved was the constant culinary references. So I never thought I'd see a film where, the, where a line which carried the most dramatic weight and made me go, <gasps> was when Toby Jones said, could you make a clafouti? Clafouti? Uh, did you know I know what a clafouti is. It's one of my favourite desserts. I'd never heard of it. And it's it's defined by a custard, essentially, oh. of sorts, and, and milk is in, in now. And this, for me, is the big intriguing question that I want to ask you. What happens is, Toby Jones has a guest, gets him to make a kafuti because he's so handy at making these donuts, and suddenly, you know, he shares this fact that his milk isn't delivering enough milk. With, with the guys that come milk. for the meal, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the guys come for the meal. Uh, suspicion, I'm not sure whether suspicion started to be sort of... No, I think at that, at that stage, the, one of the most important lines in the films, don't, don't you think, comes from the from Lee, who says... Cause Cookie the Chinese says, guy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Cookie says at one point, you know, this is, you know, we're taking a lot of milk, this is a bit yeah. dangerous. And Lee says there are some people who will never See. think they'll be stolen from because they, it just doesn't yes. happen. And, <laughs> and, 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 so, and so it builds to this moment where their cover's blown, yes. essentially. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to ask you was, I wondered whether, did you not feel in Toby Jones, there was a very, very sort of English scene where he has this new guest, he invites the people in to make the donuts, you know, um, the cookie and Lee. Um, he's talking about making a clafouti. They say, let's go and look at the cow. Yeah. Do you not feel he, at that point, already had an awareness? No. Do you not? No. Because he talked about how killing, sometimes killing someone, 
is a very stern way of making people know not to misbehave themselves in a society. Because he's essentially the, the sort of the sheriff, if you like, I of this town. I don't remember that line. Yeah, he says, uh, the, the guy on the ship who is entertaining comes yeah. in and says, oh, we had a mutiny, I told them off, That's and we weren't right. too severe on them. Yeah. And, and Toby Jones goes, but severity sometimes is of, of, of worth because it sends out a clear message to those who are stealing from you. I still think at that point he hasn't got a clue. He hasn't got a clue. What's okay. happening to him. Right. And in fact, the person who does have the clue is his guest, isn't he? As they all come out. Yes. He, saw, he says Starts to him... Well, because the cow suddenly goes, oh, look, it's my mate, Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you've got goes, Cookie there, and the cow almost turns around to Cookie and goes, all right, mate, how you doing? <laughs> and you're um, thinking, don't look at Cookie. But the thing is, Cookie and I, this is me sitting in the cinema, I own, so thinking, he may as well have milked it in front of them. He may as well. It's a very leisurely, very slow, very meditative. It was a truly mindful watch for me. And this came it at a point gorgeous. where I was in the middle of a massive mental breakdown. And I took myself to the cinema. And it was possibly the most perfect antidote to where I was with my mental state. Yeah. It was totally escapist, utterly immersive. Um, fascinating in its obsession, really, and how it pivoted, as I said to Nadia, around food. I mean, mm -hmm. It was very clever. Yeah. Yeah, and this is really a film about the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. And really it's a film about, and this is why I thought it was an incredibly clever, counterintuitive film about the American dream. We've seen so many films about the American dream. And, and, it, and it's an, I know a lot of people go, oh, the American dream is so unequal. It is unequal. I felt for them because Lee, the Chinese character, kept talking about the hotel they could go to. Yeah. They kept talking about a sense of let's leave this sort yeah. of uh, area and let's start afresh in San Francisco yeah. or somewhere else. He and had bigger plans. He had bigger he? plans. And you also, I kept feeling like, so this is a film about ambition. It's yeah. about what do you do to pursue ambition? It's about high ambition versus yeah. low ambition. And I thought Cookie had low ambition, yeah. whereas Lee had high ambition. And in a weird way, if they'd followed Lee's higher ambition, they could have escaped. Gone. But I thought it was down to Lee, really, that they became so big so quickly. I mean, mm. he kept saying, you know, more, yeah. more, more, really. If yeah. you can do more. He wasn't nasty about no, it. No, no, no. If you can do more, do more. Yeah. And then he was. The, he started to say... We're playing a dangerous game here, yeah. you know. It might, it might sort of Backfire. rebound on us. Backfire. And, um, and then we have this final sort of sequence or chapter to the film, which is essentially a hunt. It's like, it's yeah, like yeah, because they get separated. It's like the Revenant. This film is like the Revenant without a bear, but with a really immovable static cow. Yes. This is the Revenant with a cow. Yes, it is. Um, and so a hunt happens, and in a beautifully symmetrical, circular, cyclical fashion. You're, you're, you get to the end of the film, and without any over-drama, shooting, killing, murdering, you have a moment, which I won't ruin the final moment, where they're in the forest, it's, they settle down, and we go to black. Yeah. I thought it was a perfect ending. There's two things I think here. If you remember when we described the film to you and how it started, there's, it's in the present day, and there's a person finding two skeletons. Mm. I got cross as the film went on because especially as the jeopardy got higher and higher because I started to know who those two skeletons mm. were and I thought if it was me making the film I wouldn't have shown that because then I wouldn't have known. I'd have liked to not have known whether they died or whether they got away. Right. But because she, we'd been shown that and it was lovely because they were together and they'd found each other in fact because they'd both mm. been separated hadn't they by various things. Hunkered down together and then it cuts to black and then it, she doesn't go back to that skeleton scene, but we know that from the beginning. So. And, and yet, at the same time, you could argue that the fact that she parked the inevitability of their demise 
it framed watching their story in a very different way. I mean, I agree. I think it would have been an entirely different film if you mm. didn't have that. Yeah. But if you didn't have that at the beginning, you'd have just thought they'd gone to sleep. You wouldn't know that they were necessarily caught. And I thought in a weird way, by telling us, and I can't work, quite work out why this worked for me, but in telling us that they were found dead or their bodies were found, you were it left gave in, their lives meaning. It gave their, yeah, it kind of put their lives in parenthesis. Yeah. And it kind of gave you closure without having to go the obvious route of, oh, what happened to them? How did it, how did it happen to them? You know, yeah. you could argue, oh, was there a gun? Was there a dirt? What, yeah. what, you know, what happened to these guys? I just thought it was, I, yeah. So, I mean, so that's interesting. I'd like to know what you guys think. What do you yeah. think? Do you, if you watch this, tell us, do you think she, she kind of, in a sense, gave us too much at the front? Or was there a sort of much more, I think there was a more complex point to that. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't belabor it at the beginning at all, no. and it was only sort of a dawning thing in my mind because because you you really embrace think, the two characters, don't yeah. you? Anybody would. They're gorgeous characters. I think for me, what that served to do was it made me rethink the idea of when we come across and archaeologists come yeah. across skeletons no, that. and things it like that. that. It makes you think that you find what you find is just a skeleton. But actually, who would have thought that behind this just skeleton was all of that complexity exactly. and all that hope and all that dreaming? Yeah, I thought it was, I just thought it was an incredibly rich film. It was, and I, I thought towards the end and getting very near the end, I thought this film is an absolute miracle of spare screenwriting. Mm. I mean, hardly anything in a way was said. No. There's a point where um, uh, Lee's invited Cookie into his hut. And they don't say anything, no. and it's assumed that he's going to stay. And Lee goes out to chop some wood, and eventually Cookie gets a brush, brush and starts to brush him, and eventually yeah. goes out and gets some some flowers and puts them in a jar. And Lee comes in mm. and says, place looks better already. And I thought in that one statement conveys what a nice guy he is, the mm. fact that they get on. She's, she's brilliant at writing a script. If it was her that wrote mm. it, and I presume it was. I thought it was an incredibly subtle, clever, moving, emotional, informative, um, inspiring, and yet at the same time, tragic story yeah, of mean. how there is an American dream. There is this idea that anyone can, can achieve anything. And I do think American society is unusual in that you can actually, more often than not, come from no standing and achieve something. But I think this film was a reminder that that's a rarity, really. Yeah. The, the, the odds are stacked against you. Yeah, and, except... you know, for something that really, you know, Toby Jones's character wouldn't have really missed too much. No. Do you know what I mean? No. Why not let these guys yeah. succeed in oh, yeah. business? It made me think of Ben and Jerry's and all those kind of names that we think of. And you think, God, it only takes a little bit of kind of innovation. Yeah. A little bit of illegality in there too. Yeah. Uh, except that they would, or Cookie would have gone down in history as by all those men that were there. Do you remember that guy that made those? Those wonderful cakes. Yeah. yeah, so in that absolutely. sense. Absolutely. So how would you sum up and score it? It wasn't beautiful looking in the sense of no, they showing weren't off. No, hugely compositionally no. show-offy. No, no show but it was all green and blue. It was very mm. blue, I thought, and I thought I like, that was lovely. I like the colour palette. I did a lot. And uh, the characters, as I say, were drop-dead. You know, you love them. Yeah. You wanted to go and be their best friends. Toby was really good as the, um, not even as a Mr. Horrible, because he really liked his Clefford scene. Oh, yeah, he felt yeah. at one stage he wanted to, he probably yeah. employed him as a yeah, cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he hadn't stolen his milk. Yeah, yeah, couldn't believe somebody would be stealing from his cow. But then, of course, he had to prove that he yeah. was a, the boss. The boss. And then all of that, the, um, I just think it's, it's more or less, 
I had my issues with the skeletons at the beginning, mm. but everything you've said about, yeah, it brought other things into, mm. into being and the fact that... I think it made it timeless. I think it, it, yeah. it brought it out yeah. of just their, their story to a more general story of yeah. all the remains of yeah. American history and, and world history. Yeah, history. exactly. And I would give it 95.7. <laughs> Point seven. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I. I I'm I, only not giving it a hundred because of my one reservation. Right. About yeah. It. I, I thought it was excellent. I thought it. And as I say, I'm a huge believer in the fact that when the conditions in which you see a film or read a book have a huge impact on how you receive things. So you might see something one time, love it because you're in an excitable mood, and not see it the next, see it the next, and not like it at all. This came at the right. This was the right time, the right moment, and I was in a really low place. And I thought it, it was a beautifully executed film you have to be patient with it it's yeah. a bit like the dig it's, it's a slow film yeah. it's a slow burn yeah. but if you've got an afternoon and this is available to stream or if you want to go for two hours in the cinema just to escape the madness of life generally I'd say you couldn't do better than this because it's a story everyone will relate to yeah. we all have ambitions yeah. and it's a film about ambition and it's a film about bravery and it's a film about yeah. how those who aren't in the right sort of class have to do that much more in order to get you know what the rich have got. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would give it, I'd give it ninety nine. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I thought it was excellent. I did too. I thought it was absolutely I excellent. <laughs> and the cat was like a huge member of the cast. Huge member of the yeah. cast. Huge member of the cast. Okay, Mark, that's your cow impression. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.